Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth and the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. that you know I had some news so the news is that we are moving I don't mean me personally I'm moving <laughs> whoa hold on we've heard this before what I mean which may be as earth moving as some other things is that this we're moving the church now there are a lot of things that went into it um mainly our rent going up for example um and also, the space is just not really viable for us. What was really hard for me to get past is like, all right, God, you show me our church growing here. So that's why I'm like, I'm attached to the space, God. I want to see you do something here. You show me every pew filled and stuff like that. And God was like, before you came here, could you see this congregation growing anywhere else? I'm like, oh, you got a good point there, God. He gave me an imagination for this congregation using this space. Therefore, now I'm able to imagine that we can grow in other places. Now, we can go to the practical reasons that if you think about the way a church grows is you need to have at least 80% of your space filled. Now, post-pandemic, it's been very hard with with, um, churches shrinking and the amount of people that we have here because people want to come in space, not have it feel cavernous and empty. And that's hard. I'm like, all right, God, how is this going to work? How do, we, how do we step into this? The gardening uh, themes are abundant in, the, in something like this, where you think of what does pruning do? Pruning takes away things, right, so that you can ultimately bloom and grow. It is a very healthy thing. And so the space that we're going to be moving to is in Cafe Kalita. It's like a mile from here. It's on North Avenue. The parking is way different. You can pull right in on North Avenue. The, um, no stairs whatsoever, so it's ADA compliant, so strollers, wheelchairs, all that stuff can roll right in. And if you get a second to go over there, check it out. It's a beautiful space. Believers own the space over there. They actually came to our service last week and celebrated Easter with us. So it's just something that it feels like God is doing. And I know we've been here a long time. And it's like, you know, we get attached to buildings and we get attached to all those things. Um, and I know it's that all the things that are, I want to be considerate of that. If you would like to meet, process this, that's something that we can do. Um, if you don't need to process this, that's awesome. And you can see the, um, maybe the benefit of what, of what that would be, that's awesome as well. But I think it's, it's God wanting to move us. Uh, Matt had a word a few weeks ago, and it was the... Um, the story of Jesus appearing to his disciples while he was on the shore and they were in boats out in a lake. And they had been casting their net, right, in the same place, casting their net, looking for um, a, an abundant haul. And God told them, he said, Jesus told them rather, he said, well, who's God? Same, same thing. <laughs> he told them rather, now cast your nets to the other side of the boat. Right. And they've been doing it for a long time. And it's like, man, how long have we been fishing in this place and believing, OK, God is going to grow it. It's going to he's going to do some amazing things here. And we've had people come and be added. But I believe God has some abundance for us. 
but we've been casting our net in this place. And now it's time for us to just cast our net to the other side. I know it could be difficult because this place that we're going doesn't have stained glass windows. It It has plenty of light. And it's a beautiful opportunity to partner with a business in our neighborhood um, and have family events and have all kind of things that we would do and be more in the neighborhood on a main street. So um, let's give it up for change. I know you guys all love change. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Change is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll spend a lot of my life going through change and transition. So I I will help all of you walk through this as much as is necessary and know that this is a part of us trusting the Lord to do something new in our body and add to our numbers. And I believe the fruit is going to be immediate. Like it's going to be so immediate that people are going to be able to find us. And so what we're going to do is in the summer, we're changing the time, everything. Okay. So in the summer, we're going to meet in the afternoon. Okay. So they're open during the day. We're going to meet in the afternoon And then we're going to relaunch again in the fall, okay? All this is meant for us to reintroduce ourselves to the neighborhood. We've been here for a while. We're kind of like hidden in this little pocket here. And I think of all the people who maybe don't come to church just because they don't want to circle the block three times. You know what I'm saying? Or like all those things go into us creating a welcoming space and being able to invite folks in, okay? So... You're probably wondering when this is going to happen next week, okay? So we're not meeting. No, I'm just kidding. That, my original idea was let's do it in two weeks until they hit the ears of some of our more wiser members. And they said, brother, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so I'll let you know. What's, you can guess which of the wiser members are. But they're like, nah, that's too soon. So June 4th is a plan to be our first Sunday in that space. We're going to meet at 4 p.m., I believe. So it's in between meals. Hopefully it's in between enough naps. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? We got to get with you to figure that out. Um, So it's going to be strange, probably not coming to church in the morning, but you have the morning to, hey, hang out, do whatever you want to do. And then we come to, and you can go to the cafe, get coffee, and then come to church after. We're going to have coffee at church. It's just going to be a beautiful time and a space that God has given us favor in. Amen? Okay, so we are, we are moving, and it's going to be awesome. All right, I don't think I have anything else now. Um, that, I'm sure that was enough. So. <laughs> we are going back into our series in, on Ephesians. And so since that was before Lent, it may be not as a uh, front of mind or, you know, we got to get back into the, into the epistles mode after we've walked with Jesus thoroughly to the cross and now he's been resurrected. Um, we're going back into Ephesians. And Ephesians is split up nicely um, with these different postures. And we, we talked about one through three was all about us being seated in Christ. Finding your identity. Okay, I'm seated in Christ. I'm resting in him. I am not struggling or striving out of my own energy, out of my own power. I am fully seated and rested in Christ. Now we're going into chapter 4. And chapter 4 begins some of the most beautiful phrases in Scripture about unity of the body, us coming together, right? 
and knowing that there is a diabolical enemy out there who wants you to be by yourself. The pandemic was so insidious because it caused us to be by ourselves. And not only are we by ourselves, we will justify being by ourselves, right? I don't want to go, you know, I'm there, I got a mask, I don't know about that environment, they don't wear masks, I don't know, it's, it, it, we can justify it now, isolation. I wrote a story two years before the pandemic about some evil enemy, some evil villain, and you know what his number one way to move in life was? To keep everyone isolated. Why? Because the devil has been doing the same thing for a very long time. I once heard somebody say it simply, the banana that eats the bun- that leaves the bunch gets eaten. Okay? That's, that's just a simple way. <laughs> the banana that leaves the bunch gets eaten. Unity is important. Oneness is the goal. As a part of the body, it's the goal. The enemy gets us all by ourselves. And as I shared on Good Friday, if you were there, the enemy is a, is a sucker, right? You know what he does? He convinces you to engage in some sin, and then he piles on shame that you did it. He's right there with you. Hey, let's do this. Hey, man, ain't nobody going to figure that out, man. You good. Let's go. Let's do it. It's all good, right? And then exactly when you engage in that, he stands aside and goes, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. I can't believe you did that. This is the voice of the enemy who loves to get us isolated, volley all sorts of things at us, and then makes us feel ashamed. So I'm I'm seated with Christ, with him. Next in Ephesians 4 is can I learn to walk with Christ, to walk with the understanding that, yes, I'm among you here, but I'm really in another place. I'm seated in Christ who has placed all things under his feet. Says in Isaiah 66, the earth is the Lord's footstool, that everything has been placed under the feet of Jesus. Why also, why must I worry? We're going to be reading from Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. It's kind of a long passage, so put on your seatbelt. Put on your uh, scriptural seatbelt. <laughs> yes, there is something wrong with me, right? Okay? And it's Jesus. That's what it is. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended into the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ gave himself as the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach all unity into the faith 
and that in the knowledge of the Son of God and become more mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Unity, togetherness is important. Paul was writing this to a body in Ephesus who were used to polytheism. That is the worship of different many gods. When Jesus came along, even um, when, the, when, I, when Jesus came to earth, he began to shake that up. But his father had done the same in the Old Testament and shook up the idea of polytheism. I need a God of the rain. I need a God of the rocks. I need a God of the earth. I need a God of every element. And, and God, through Moses, comes to the children of Israel, and he says, there is one God that we are called to worship. Even Abraham, hearing the voice of a God in a polytheistic environment, to where every different need had a different God. That sounds exhausting. It sounds like 40 options of spaghetti sauce, right? You go to the store, you're like, okay, I need spaghetti sauce. It's like 50 options. What am I supposed to do with all these options? This is how it was with God's. Not that they're on the same level, but you know, you know what I mean. All these options and levels of who God's we're supposed to be, but there is one God. This is what Paul is emphasizing in this passage. One God, one faith, one hope, one baptism that calls us into unity together. Jesus died for us to be with him. God is a jealous God. All he desires is us. You ever look into social media and you feel FOMO because somebody is having more fun than you are? You're like, dang, man, they in Tahiti, man. They got that nice tan. Dang. This is how God is with anything that we are worshiping or loving more than him because he is jealous for us. It says in Scripture that God is a jealous God. He desires nothing more than to be with each and every one of us. He's splitting the Red Sea. He is causing a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud to lead the children of Israel through the desert. He is doing whatever he can so that we could worship him and be in intimacy with him. And at the end of the day, some of us go, I'm good. I got plenty of other gods to worship. I've, you know, I got sexual gods. I got drug gods. I got all kind of things that I can worship other than you. And his heart is longing, desiring to be with us. His desire for intimacy goes beyond what we can imagine. But we, we just like to be alone. We like to be a part. We like to be a hand all by itself. We like to be self-sufficient and to think we can do it all on our own. 
And that is the lie of the enemy. You're good. It's, it's always a, uh, of, uh, a temptation for us to not have to. You don't have to check with anybody. Come on, man. You know, we got this. Yeah, we got this. And you go, ooh, look what you did. That's what the enemy does. Encourages us to be by ourselves and then shames us for all we've done. The body of Christ needs all of its parts to be a full body. Because without the body, you are just a part. That's it. You know, God can speak to me alone and on my own. Oh, really, you're a part. You know, there's some things, even practically, in the body that God is not going to give you. There are answers, there are pragmatic things that you're not going to learn on your own. Why? Because nobody in my family learned them. Nobody I know knows them. But you know what? Maybe in the body, I can find that. We're convinced if God wanted to give me something, he would just give it to me. No. Doesn't work that way. Because we need the humility to go before each other and say, Man, I've been wanting to learn to play the piano. You are amazing. I'm not saying do this for bad, but <laughs> just as an example of a gift. Man, you're great with budgeting. Man, you're great with this. I, I, need, to learn, I need to get this. It, it, we need humility before each other to be a part of the body. But some reason, especially in Chicago, we like to be a part we like to be out there by ourselves, and I'm self-sufficient. I can do things until I can't do things by myself. This desire that God has, he does not need us. He does not need us. Saying that God needs us is like saying he needs a headache. <laughs> he does not, he desires us. He does not need us. He desires us. He longs for us. Oh, God needs my money or God needs me. No, he does not. He desires you. He wants us to want him. And have it not be a whole process of convincing and have it not that we got to hit rock bottom in order to need him. That we can turn and be like, you're amazing, God. In John 17 and 20, Jesus is praying this at the right hand of the Father. Where are you seated? In Christ. Where are you seated? Where are you seated? Where are you seated? Since you are seated in Christ, this is what Christ is at the right hand of the Father praying. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. He's speaking of the message of his disciples, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. House of the world knows by unity. 
That's how the world knows, by us being together. But also, man, it just, it just, it's always sexy to be by yourself for some reason. I don't, I don't know. Why? Why? Because the enemy could get us outside of the covering of the body of Christ and start to hurl everything at us. The enemy steals, kills, and destroys. Everybody knows when you're walking around on the street, the bigger group you're with, the harder it is to steal from them. Nobody is approaching a big group. They're approaching a person by themselves or just a a couple of people. The enemy is looking for us to be isolated so he can roll in and do whatever he wants to do. This is the same M.O. in the garden. Raising the doubt. Has God said? I mean, being by yourself, you don't have to worry about questions, accountability. You don't have to worry about people asking about your childhood. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Raising this doubt that causes us to forfeit our intimacy with God first and then with people. The name Diablo or diabolical essentially means to divide. That's always been the distraction. When we see division, that is not what God is doing, that he's bringing us into a place of being with here and being with him. You know, you can do it, you can do it by yourself. Like, I don't know how it's, it's always, as, a, as someone with an entrepreneurial heart and a creative it's always the temptation to go do things on my own and to not be with a body of people. When I decided to come back to Missio, there's a lot of reasons why I probably shouldn't. That we have different theological understandings, that they've just come from complementarianism into egalitarianism. If you don't know what that means, it just means that They've gone from women are meant to compliment men in ministry, which I think was just, it was a lot of intimidated dudes that came up with that, but we'll get to that later, <laughs> to egalitarianism, which means women are able to move in the fullness of the power of the Spirit. I was prayed in by a mother who ministered freely in the church, and I don't have any other expectation other than that that God actually speaks prophetically to women in a greater way I found in my life than men. And as many times we have to break off all of that, all of, all of the bondages of culture and of religion, of church that tells people they can't do certain things. But me and Missio, we had a lot of differences that I had to look past. Being one of the few black pastors at the time and we have a couple more at this point, but but what I've landed on, I am so in love with the people in this organization that I would much rather be together than be by myself doing my own thing. 
and it's always a temptation to go do your own thing. But what in the effort we're doing if we get wherever we're going and we're by ourselves? Because we're not really by ourselves. God is walking with us. And we are a family. I was telling Mason this crazy story that happened yesterday. I was out of town. So my dog gets out of our uh, backyard, okay? And I have a very determined child. You probably know which one it is. Runs this dog down. Like, and so we live right on Austin. He runs into Austin and he's lost. He's lost in Austin. But he got the dog. <laughs> but he's lost. And he sits on a curb and he's crying. And all of a sudden, these people show up and bring him water and bring him juice and stay with him until Liz finds him. And I thought to myself, boy, you're determined. <laughs> And then I thought to myself, this is why I pray. Because people will show up and they're like angels at a time when you really need them and there's nothing you could do about it. This is why I pray for you. This is why you need someone praying for you and calling out your name. Because there is a covering that happens in the body of Christ when you are lost, when everything is going wrong, that will keep you close and safe and in the heart of God. This is why I'm here at Missio. This is here. This is why I'm here with you. I want to do this together by yourself. There's always this thing in the city of the lone wolf. We have such a long winter. <laughs> you see people coming out of their houses, you're like, dang, your hair is a different color. You pregnant? <laughs> you know, it's just like all these changes that happen because the winter is so long. Extra kids popping outside. <laughs> you're like, wow, this is, this is wild all this happened. And that can be a very, but it, it is important for us. And unity ain't hard. No, it is hard. Sorry, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> unity is hard. Collaboration is hard. Because you rub up against people and sparks are flying everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Iron sharpens iron. That sounds easier to say than it is to do. Sharpening each other and being together with each other, but division is a distraction. It's what the enemy always wants to do. All right, black people over there, white people over there, Hispanic people over there. Yep, that looks good to me. Because he knows what God said in Genesis 11 and 6. I have to confuse their languages because or else nothing will be withheld from them. Nothing. If they are together, united as a body, nothing will be withheld from them. When you are by yourself, you are just a part. Yeah, you may be very prophetic, but you're just an eye. Yeah, you may be very evangelistic, but you're just a hand. Yeah, you may be very pastoral and loving, but you're just an arm. We need 
all the gifts of the body for us to be completely under the head who is Christ. That's what I love about church. You will find such a diverse mix of people that you will never find anywhere else. I mean, come on, where else would I exist? (laughs) But the church. Stand apart is to stand alone. But we become a part of the body when we stand together. I just like words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just a part, right? I'm just, I'm a leg, I'm a foot, I'm a toe. But when you stand together, just like putting that word together, you become a part of the body. And who is the head? Christ. Who is the head? Christ is the head of the body. Well, all the tendons and sinews and bones and muscles come together and they are jointed and they form into this one body. Christ is the head. Therefore, the blood and power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ flows through the body, not through a part. Healing, prophecy, love, compassion, it is best found completed and whole with us standing together fully as a body. Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Oneness. I asked this old lady one time, I said, what is the goal of Christianity? What is the goal of this faith? I mean, what's the point of this all? It wasn't like that, but you know, what is the point of this? She said, it is oneness. One hope, one faith, one baptism, one Lord over all. It is oneness. That we wouldn't see ourselves separated from Christ. Where are you, Adam? Where are you? Separate. Sin. Separated. Where are you? Oneness. To be close to God. To be seated in Christ, then we really learn to walk in unity together. And that is a powerful thing that the enemy will always try to divide. All it takes is like two weeks of not going to church, maybe. I don't know. It's happened to me before. I don't go for church for a week or two. He's like, hey, man, you know, you need to get out of here. <laughs> you need to dip. It doesn't take long for us to entertain separation and division because Jesus wants no part of us being together. You know why? We will kick him in the teeth if we do. So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Five-fold ministry. We're not going to get into that right now, what it all is. Apostles, visions, support, prophets, hearing from the Lord, sharing that with the people, evangelists, reaching the lost, pastors, caring for the people, and teachers, teaching the scripture. It's five hands. It's meant to slap the enemy, right? 
Five fingers, one hand. When it's together, that's how you remember, okay? <laughs> Fivefold, and you need those all together. Christ himself. And you know what? All that gifting is in here. And we need each other to make the body. That's my prayer list. I didn't mean to go that far. To stand apart is to stand alone. You are more than just a freaking part. But we come together, we get to boast in each other because we have come together. So we, the body needs all of its parts together so we can walk not alone. You guys want to stand up? All these parts come together. Christ is the head. We thank you, Father, for unity. We thank you for oneness being the goal. Knowing that we are not called to stand apart, but we are called to be a part of your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for your family, for your body, for unity. Let our hearts be always given over to you, Lord Jesus. Help us to run against the tide of isolation that so many people are caught in, Father. To show up, to share, to open our hearts, to be sensitive to all you're doing.